Take your Bible this morning and turn with me to John chapter 8. We're in the second week in our sermon series. We're looking at seven statements that Jesus made. Seven statements that Jesus made that began with the, the, uh, the two words, I am. Um, last week we looked at uh, John chapter 6 where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And we recognize, we, we began to, to flesh out the idea that, that Jesus is soul-satisfying, that Jesus is all-satisfying for us. And that if we're looking for our satisfaction somewhere other than Jesus, then we are, in essence, uh, living in sin, because that is the very definition of idolatry. We need to find satisfaction in Jesus and Him alone. And this morning, when we look at John chapter 8, we see a text that's very similar in nature. This is a text that's a little bit more familiar to us, right? When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, light is a theme that we see all throughout Scripture. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit this morning. But light is a theme that we see all throughout Scripture. And uh, we know that uh, the, 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 the Israelites and uh, in the Exodus and uh, up until the, 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 the people, the Jews in Jesus' day would have a very clear picture of what light meant when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So if you're in your Bible, go to John chapter 8, and we're going to begin reading in verse 12 this morning, and we're going to read through verse 20. So a lot, a lot smaller chunk of text this morning than we had last week. Um, John 8, 12 through 20. I'm going to read this for us. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You're testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge accordingly. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone in it. But I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself. And the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they were saying to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me... You would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as, they, as he taught in the temple. And no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. So last week as we talked about the bread of life, and Jesus says, I am the bread of life, we talked about a few, a few events that happened in the Exodus, right? In the book of Exodus. We talked about Moses in the burning bush and how he, uh, he encountered God in a very unique way and how God then sent him out. And when Moses said, who, are, who am I going to say sent me? Who am I going to tell the people that sent me? Um, and so that they believe who I am. Uh, God says to him from the bush, he says very clearly, he says, I am has sent you. I am who I am. And so, as we look at these statements that all begin with, with the two words, I am, we recognize very clearly that Jesus is making a claim about his deity. Jesus is making a claim that he is, in fact, God. Um, and then we looked at an, another event where the manna came down, and, and John chapter 6 actually records this for us, right? The manna comes down out of heaven and provides for the people, provides for the people in the wilderness, 
Um, and we, we saw that that pointed us specifically to Jesus, right? He's the better manna. He, God, he's God's provision for his people. And not the one that lasts, one that is not temporary, one that is, is continual on forever and ever. One that we don't have to have. Even like the people said in John chapter 6 when they said, well, give us this bread always. Like thinking that it needs to happen when he says, I have the, the living bread. Give us this bread always. <clears throat> This is not a recurring thing. This is a one-time thing. Jesus came down out of heaven. He is the, he is the lasting solution uh, as provision for his people. Unlike the man in the wilderness, which was a day-to-day thing. We all have to eat. We continually eat. And so this morning, uh, we want to think about another event in the Exodus. Uh, just, a, just a little, one, one verse in, in the book of Exodus in, in chapter 13, verse 21. And I think that this ties in, and I, the Exodus was such a, an incredible and a, and a big event for the, the Jews. It was such an incredible event, um, and, and almost everything that they did was in reference back to that. They longed for that, that even as a people who were occupied, even as a people who, who were not free, uh, they longed for freedom. They longed to be delivered in the same way that Moses delivered the people up out of Egypt. And so in chapter 13 of the book of Exodus, in verse 21, just this very simple verse, it reads this. The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, in a pillar of fire by night to give them light, that they might travel day by day and by night. And so that kind of brings us to our big idea this morning, and I want to, I want to state this a couple of times for us. Because, because of this event and, and the, the whole trajectory of Scripture... When Jesus makes the claim, I am the light of the world, this is what, what he means by it. Jesus' proclamation is th- that he is the light of the world indicates that he is God and is, unlike the pillar of fire in the wilderness, unlike a lamp or unlike the sun, exclusively and universally the means by which life is illuminated. Let me read that again. Jesus' proclamation that he is the light of the world indicates that he is God and is exclusively and universally the means by which life is limited. We use the word exclusively because in a few weeks we're going to get to uh, an I am statement where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the exclusive way to God. He's the exclusive way to the Father. There is no other way. And then we say universally. Because universally means that he is not just for one people, not just for the Jews, but for the Jews and also for the Greek, for the Jews and every type of person. Even a couple of weeks ago when we talked about what it meant in our core values series to be radical admission, we talked about the fact that, that Jesus, is, Jesus uh, commissions his disciples to go out to Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. The gospel is for all people. It is for everyone. There is no one that is excluded from the, from the call of the gospel. The call of the gospel is universal. So we use those two words for those two reasons. So really there are three things that I want to talk about and three things that Jesus is claiming to, and there's actually a lot. This is an incredibly pregnant statement that he makes when he says, when he says, I am the light of the world. But three things that I want to highlight this morning for us. Um, Three things uh, that Jesus is addressing, that Jesus is saying when he says, I am the light of the world. One, he's addressing confusion. Two, he's addressing emptiness. And three, very simply, he's addressing the darkness. So let's take these these in turn. 
one, that, that he is addressing confusion. If you're, if you're still in John chapter 8, look back just one chapter uh, in, in chapter 7 to verse 40 in chapter 7. This is a really, I think this is a really telling sort of uh, 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 event that, that John reports for us. And it might be something that we sort of skip over even as we're coming into to, to chapter 8. Um, in verse 40, and I'm just going to read through verse 44 in chapter 7. Some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words, were saying, this is certainly the prophet. Others were saying, this is the Christ. Still others were saying, surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the descendants of David and from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. So the people are the people here in, in, in John chapter seven. They're they're confused, right? There, there's some significant confusion about who Jesus is, and so this leads us into into a, 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 into our text a little bit this morning, where where, where Jesus is saying, "I am the light of the world. I'm bringing I'm bringing I'm illuminating and bringing understanding to this confusion." The people the people were reading their Bibles, right? They were reading Scripture. But they don't necessarily see how Jesus connects the dots, right? They don't see how Jesus connects the dots. Jesus is saying very specifically, I'm showing you how all of the scriptures fit together. When he says, I am the light of the world, I am showing you how the scriptures fit together. I am bringing understanding to your confusion. I think, think of, uh, you don't need to turn there, but in, in Luke chapter 4, just one book previous, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus, there's a very specific event that happens where Jesus, uh, where Jesus makes the claim that this, the scriptures are, are fulfilled in him. John chapter 4, verses 14 through 22. I'm going to read this for us. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread throughout the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and, was, and, and as was his custom, he entered into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all were speaking well of him and wondering at, wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, Is this not Joseph's son? So the, even last week we talked to them, it's like, we know this guy's dad, right? But Jesus is saying very specifically, when we get looked at the passage of John 8, like my father, he's in heaven. He's, he's somewhere totally different. You think that you know who my dad is, but you don't. But you don't. And looking back at this, 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 uh, this passage in, in Luke, Jesus is really saying, look guys, all of this stuff, what Isaiah wrote the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. All of those things he's saying, those are written about me. 
Those are written about me. And, and even thinking about this, this text that he reads out of Isaiah, it's very similar to, to what we see in, in, in embodied in, in Moses, right? Preach the gospel of the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And so we have, we have this really neat little uh, way that we can sort of sum this up. Um, the word is typology. I'm just going to throw a word at you. Typology. Um, and when we look at a, a text like this, we see that Jesus is saying, hey, I'm better than what came previously. I, there was something that happened in the Old Testament. There's something that happened in the scriptures that points directly to me. And this is happening all over the Bible, especially when Jesus is making these statements about, uh, making these statements about who he is. He's saying, you know, that, that pillar of fire in the wilderness, I'm better than that. I'm, the, I'm, I'm better than that. You know that manna in the wilderness that only provided you uh, some relief from your hunger for a short amount of time? I'm better than that. I'm soul satisfying. But he says, look at what Moses did. He led you out of bondage in Egypt, the people out of, out of Egypt in or, into freedom. He's saying, I am leading you out of bondage of sin. I'm leading you out of bondage of sin so that you might be free to do all that I command you. And so Jesus is saying, I'm better than these things in the Old Testament. And all of these things are pointing directly to me. So jump back now to John chapter 8. When, this is our idea, right? That Jesus is addressing this idea that there's, there's confusion, right? There's confusion in the world. And when he's saying, I am the light of the world, he's bringing understanding to confusion. He's saying, there's no confusion in me. I'm fulfilling the scriptures. These are all pointed to me. And this is really important for us to consider what John writes. John, like you, when you read this book, if, if you can, I would encourage you to sit down and read the whole book in one sitting. It's just an incredible wealth of, of understanding that comes when you sit down and read this book in, in one sitting. Uh, back in chapter 1, John tells us that Jesus is the Word, right? In the beginning was the Word. And, and that the Word became flesh and then dwelt among us. And this is a significant part of the understanding of what Jesus is claiming when he says, I am the light of the world. He's saying, I'm bringing understanding to confusion because I'm showing you how all of this fits together. I'm, I'm fulfilling all of, of Scripture. Jesus was there in the beginning, like John tells us, and he fulfills God's word because he is God's word. And the one who follows Jesus will not walk in darkness or confusion, but in light and understanding. So Jesus' claim here demonstrates a clear connection with the whole narrative of Scripture because, because of the, the, the unique and profound connection with God's Word that Jesus has. So we know that Jesus is God's Word incarnate, and we know that He is the light of the world, and we see light throughout this entire narrative of Scripture. We see light as such an important part of what the Bible is teaching us. In Genesis 1, 3, and 4, this is what it reads. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. So we see it all throughout Scripture, and you're just going to have to take my word that is all in between here. So Genesis 1, which is the very first chapter of the Bible, and Revelation 22, which is the very last chapter of the Bible. 
and there will no longer be any night, and, there will, and they will not have need of a light or a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. So this idea of light just goes all throughout Scripture. It permeates all of Scripture. And it brings an incredible understanding to the confusion that we have. Pre-Christ, before Jesus, we are confused. We're a confused people. We are seeking satisfaction. We are seeking understanding in things that are not Jesus. And even, even once, we, once we profess Christ with our mouth, the, the tendency and the, the, the natural inclination that we have is to move towards things that we think can bring understanding. But Jesus is saying, I can't, you, you can't do that. Like that's not, that I am the light of the world. I am bringing understanding to your confusion. Jesus brings understanding to confusion because he, he is the very word of God and he illuminates that word. So the first thing that Jesus is addressing is confusion. He's addressing it with an understanding. The second thing this morning that, that Jesus addresses is emptiness. And this one might seem a little bit strange, but charge me. So light fills up a space, right? Light fills up a space. So in the morning when you wake up and you're going to work and it's still dark out because it's dark like 24-7, um, you, we're, we're getting more light, so that's good. But, but amen. Um, but we, uh, we, when we wake up in the morning, you, you open your front door and light goes out, right? Darkness doesn't come in, light goes out. The light invades the darkness. It fills the space outside and not vice versa. And, and what Jesus is really claiming here, part of what he's claiming, is he's saying that, when, when he's saying, I am the light of the world, he's saying, I'm filling up empty things. I'm filling up empty things. Darkness does not fill up empty things. Light fills up empty things. He's saying, you've been seeking light and only found darkness. You've been seeking fullness, but you've only found emptiness. I am the light of the world. It's an important thing for us to consider even being, thinking back to that Genesis 1 passage where in, in the beginning, like we see God proclaiming, let there be light and there was light. And then thinking to that Revelation 22 passage where uh, God says that there will, or, where there will, be no, there will be no need for a lamp or light of the sun because God will illumine. God's intention is to fill everything with himself, the light of the world. His intention was to, 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 uh, for his glory to illumine all that is going on in, in our world. But this is the gospel. This is what happened. Rebellion against him, what he intended, created this separation. But Jesus came to deal with that separation. Jesus came to deal with the confusion and give us understanding. He came to deal with the emptiness and give us fullness. He came to deal with the darkness and give us light. And he did that once and for all on the cross. He did that once and for all. So what's our response to this? What's our response to the idea that, that Jesus brings uh, fullness or fills up emptiness? The, the response is for us to, to celebrate. It's a very simple response. It's almost like I feel like I feel like I should be saying something incredibly profound here, but it's simply to celebrate. Like it, it's simply to have some joy. It's simply to say, "But I was empty, and I pursued 
to be filled with something that could not fill me. I was confused and I pursued understanding in something that couldn't grant me understanding. Until I found Jesus and the proclamation that I am the light of the world. And when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he fills that emptiness and he brings understanding to that confusion. The, the, the idea and the response is simply to celebrate. In 2 Corinthians 4, um, and you can go there with me. It's a few books forward. <coughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul writes this, uh, this, this point, to, this is exactly what we're talking about. Paul writes uh, to the Corinthians, who just, man, that church, they just had some problems. Like, they had some real, real, real problems. They, they were always just going crazy. They, 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 we... Um, praise God for the Corinthian correspondence because this points to us, this points out to us so many problems that we have in, in our churches today. Like, if we could, we could spend so much time in, in these texts. But okay, so we're not going to chase that. We're not going to chase that. Second <laughs> Corinthians four six and seven. Let's just read. Let's just read this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Let me read that again, that's verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, right? We have this understanding. We have, uh, we have this fullness in earthen vessels. It's like our bodies are broken. They're decaying. They're breaking down. And yet it's God's good pleasure to put his gospel, put that new man within us. In order that we might glorify God and say, there's nothing that I could have done by myself to make this happen. There is nothing that I could say, look at me, I'm decaying. Look at me, I'm breaking down. There's no hope for this body except for what resides in me. God has dealt with the confusion. God has dealt with the emptiness. God has dealt with the darkness in Jesus and has filled us with the treasure of the gospel. What's our response to this? Our response is to proclaim. Our response is to proclaim, not, not only with our mouth, with our, with our actions, with our lives, proclaim what God has done for us in Jesus. Proclaim that there is an all-satisfying element to what we now have. That the food and drink and entertainment and, and, and sex and all of these things that we pursue, all of these things that we pursue outside of Jesus, are not satisfying. He has dealt with the confusion. It's like, I'm, I'm, Christ, we are so confused. 
There is, there's no understanding. I seek all of those things to add meaning to my life, to add understanding to what's going on. People are saying, I'm suffering. Why am I suffering? There can't be a God because I'm suffering. There can't be, there's no, but Jesus brings understanding to that. Jesus brings understanding to the scriptures. Jesus brings understanding to everything that, 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 that happens in the very word of God. Jesus brings understanding to it. He illumines it to us. If we read the Bible, people, people say, and I say this, people say, the Old Testament is so hard. It's so hard to understand. It's like, why did God do this? Why did God do that? It's like, think of this. It's all pointing to Jesus Christ. That's right. Sometimes it's hard. So it's hard to figure that out. We need the Spirit of Christ to illumine that for us. Jesus has brought light to the darkness. We are being transformed. We are being transformed even as we sit here this morning, every moment of every day, God is transforming us into the likeness of, of, of his son, Jesus. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, and again, this, these earthen vessels, they break down. But we are being made more and more like Jesus, and on the last day, we will be raised with him, we will be resurrected with him, to spend eternity with him, ruling and reigning. And so we celebrate. We celebrate this understanding together. As a community, we celebrate together. We desire to know more and more about who Jesus is. We desire to have a deeper and deeper understanding of the good news of the gospel, what God has done for us in, in Jesus Christ. Lastly, this morning, this, this thing that Jesus is addressing is simply the darkness. Uh, consider what John writes in his first letter. So, so we're in John chapter 8 this morning, but, but John also wrote three pretty neat letters. Um, they're, they're right at the end of your Bible, right before Jude and, and Revelation. But in the first of this, the first letter of John, in, in chapter 1 and verses 5 through 7, let me just read this for us. Because this is important for our understanding of what Jesus is claiming when he says, I am the light of the world, and then our understanding of like how that plays out in our own lives. Okay. First John chapter 1, 5 through 7. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay. So uh, John, is, John is writing this to, it's really important for us to know who John is writing this to. John is writing this to a group of people who are struggling because there were a bunch of people that were like with them and they were hanging out with them and they were part of their community and then they left and they started saying some really pretty anti-gospel anti things. They were, they were saying, no, it's not, it's not Jesus, it's not grace, by grace, through faith alone, it's by grace, through faith, and something else. So, so this group of people like leaves this, this group of people that John is writing to, and they're, they're thinking to themselves, well, like, what is going on? Maybe we've got this wrong. Maybe we don't know exactly what's going on. 
Maybe we need, maybe we need to reconsider all of this. And John writes to these people and says, no, 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 don't reconsider this. You're, you're thinking along correctly. Like those people went out from you and now is the time to be encouraged and built up in, in what you know to be true. So the people were confused, right? So even as we were, even as we were just saying uh, before, like that Jesus brings understanding to this confusion. Uh, the people were feeling empty, right? Jesus was bringing fullness to their emptiness through uh, the providential means of, of John. And the people were feeling like together in their community, they had lost a portion of their community and they were stumbling around in darkness. So that's what's going on when John writes these things to, uh, to these people. He's saying to them very specifically, he's like, guys, you need to be encouraged now. Okay, so, so even as I looked at this text this week, and I, I, I think that our tendency is to be, okay, I'm going to choose my words carefully. Our tendency is to look at this text and maybe be a little bit lazy with it. Um, and there's something very specific and pointed going on. And, and, and I think that we need to, we really need to dive deep into this text. I think the tendency is to say, especially when we get to verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he's himself in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us from all sin. I think a lot of times we say, walking in the light means that we're like transparent with one another, that we're like open and honest with one another. And that, that's, not, that's, not, that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. But that's not necessarily what's going on in this text. What's, what's got, going on in this text is this encouragement. If we walk as those who, who, who know confusion has turned to understanding, if we walk as those who know that emptiness has turned to fullness, if we walk as those who know that darkness has turned to light, then we will experience the byproduct of fellowship and partnership. That's what's going on in this text. And this is an important point for us as we think about our immediate community. This is an important point for us. The byproduct of our certainty that Jesus is the light of the world is community. The, we, we, sometimes we need to be encouraged in this. We need to know that there is certainty. We need to be pointed to the fact that, that Jesus brings fullness to our emptiness. We need to be pointed to the fact that, that, the, that Jesus illumines the darkness. Because there are going to be moments where we feel confused, where we feel empty, and where we're going to pursue things outside of Christ. This is a, this is a simple fact. We are going to do that as people who still inhabit bodies of flesh. So we need community around us to say, no, look at what God has done for you in Jesus. Look at how, what he continues to do. Look at how he's transforming you. What, what John is saying here, let me read the verses 6 and 7 again. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. But if we walk in the light, if we walk in the understanding that Jesus is the light, if we walk in the understanding that Jesus addressed these issues, if we walk in the understanding uh, of the gospel, as he himself is the light, we have fellowship with one another, byproduct of. And we, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This, this byproduct, this community action, this, this understanding that we walk together as a result of what goes on, is, is a direct indicator that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all sin. 
We experience what we experience in community because of what Jesus has done for us. So we need to take this text and digest it. We need to take this text and digest it and understand the implications for our lives. Because this text is not saying it's just go out and be nice to one another. That's not what this is saying. Just go out and let your light, light shine on, on all that on all of that dirty laundry that you have. Not like literal dirty laundry, but like, you know what I'm saying. I've, everybody has dirty laundry. Laundry is like that one thing that you have to do over and over again and it's never quite done, right? So everyone will know. Like, let, let the light shine on this dirty laundry. So like, everyone will know how transparent and authentic we are. But, but rather, what this text is saying is we walk as those who know Jesus, not just know about Jesus. And remember, that was one of our goals that we stated last week. We want to be people who are intimately tied and connected and, and not just have a knowledge about, but have, a, but have a real intimate relationship with Jesus. Just like John. That's his goal. He was a young guy. And he got to hang out with Jesus like every day. And Jesus just built into him. He was, John was part of the inner circle. John was part of, the, John was part of this, this, uh, this group of guys that Jesus really, really, really built into. And so John wants us, through what he's written in his gospel, to understand and to know that, uh, that relationship and that intimacy that he had with Jesus and experience it for ourselves. And the result and the proof of our walking as those who know Jesus is that fellowship with one another, that partnership with one another, that participation with one another. So back in our text in, in, in John chapter 8, just a couple more things that I want to, to highlight for us. As we, we, we have, we've talked a lot about this statement, I'm the light of the world, but, but as we sort of move, like Jesus bringing light to the darkness, um, when we get to verse 13, we have the Pharisees actually like responding to Jesus and saying, uh, you are testifying about yourself, your testimony is not true. Jesus, basically after that, Jesus says, hey, you're making statements that you really don't have any knowledge about. Like, and this is really addressing what the Pharisees continued to do throughout all of Scripture. The, the Pharisees, they, they were agents of confusion. And not necessarily it's like because they had any will, but because of the way that they were translating. They were translating the, the Scriptures or, or interpreting the Scriptures in a way that ignored Jesus. And when Jesus said, I'm bringing light and I'm bringing understanding to all of the Scriptures... What, what, he is, what he is saying is, he's like, hey guys, you got it wrong. Like, you're getting this wrong. And so they're, they're sort of like these agents of confusion. We see that even in verse 13. You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus says, you're making statements that you have no knowledge of. And there is, un no, there is no understanding outside of me. There is no fullness outside of me. There is no light outside of me. So Jesus addresses this, this very specifically. I think I lost my voice amplification device. So I'm going to yell. Um, Jesus is uh, uh, addressing this very, very specifically. He's saying, the, the things that you're saying about me, you have, no, you have no knowledge of those. You're agents of confusion. I am bringing understanding to confusion. You can't address the emptiness 
that exists inside of people because of their sin, I can address that and I am I'm doing that currently. You can't address the light or the darkness, but I can because I am the light of the world. So let's conclude this morning just, just by, by moving back and thinking back to what our big idea was this morning. It's uh, very simply, I'll state it again. Jesus' proclamation that he is the light of the world indicates that he is God and is exclusively and universally the means by which life is illuminated. So we had that word, right? We said typology, those things in the Old Testament that point forward to who Jesus is, that point forward to uh, what Jesus did and who he was. So we have that understanding, right, that Jesus is better than the pillar of fire in the wilderness because he dispels the darkness, because he guides his people and once and for all as the light of the world, not just to a group of people at a specific time, mainly the Israelites in the wilderness, but to all people. That, that offer is universal. It is open to all people. He is the light of the world to all people at all times. He illuminates life by demonstrating that he, is, that he is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So, so we recognize this morning that, that we as people just have this tendency, right? We have this, we have this, this tendency to move towards confusion, to, to seek understanding in, in, in ourselves or in things that aren't Jesus. But in reality, for those who are in Christ, there is understanding. Together this morning, we recognize that we might feel empty, but there is fullness in Christ. And together this morning, we might, we might sense that there is darkness in our world, but we recognize that Jesus is the light of the world. These are things that, that we all struggle with, that we all understand. But, but if you don't know Jesus... If you don't have a relationship with him, if you are not seeking to know him, that's something that I would really encourage you to consider this morning. Consider the, consider the, 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 the thought that, that the confusion, the, the, uh, the lack of understanding, the emptiness, the, 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 the pursuit of things that don't satisfy, that only, those can only find their, their completion and their finalization in Christ. Consider that. It's just something that you haven't thought about. I'm available to talk to you. Mark is available to talk to you. Anybody you see up here is available to talk to you. We'd love to talk to you about that this morning. Um, let me pray for us, and we're going to sing one last song. Then we'll be dismissed.